I have kale in my teeth. Are Tell kale to get out of there. Kale's not welcome in your teeth. <laughs> All right, I'm now so try some of this scrum dinner redemption. I'm like. Oh, okay. Book Club Unhinged, where we talk about books and you shut up and listen. I'm Anya. I am Allie. And I'm Aliana. And today we are delving into The Bridge Kingdom by Danielle L. Jensen. Warning, mm. this podcast contains spoilers for The Bridge Kingdom by Danielle L. Jensen from chapters 1 through chapter 16. You sound like we're getting on a fucking plane. <laughs> Here are your emergency exits if you would like to leave this podcast. <laughs> also, so to our lovely listeners, for context, uh, we might be making possible jokes about the last time we recorded this. Why? Because this is our second time recording this episode. Because our original episode got corrupted so that is now gone. So we're redoing this one in hopes that it is just as good, if not better, than this one. I, I mean, I will admit that I did give our podcast a five-star rating on Spotify. <laughs> I love that for you. Oh, I, I should do that, too. I yeah, we should. All right. Anyway, so I am going to do us all the favor of reading the synopsis of this lovely book. So let's dive right into it. Mm-hmm. So we start off with, what if you fell in love with the one person you'd sworn to destroy? Dun, dun, dun. It's called enemies to lovers, my friends. <laughs> so, Laura has only one thought for her husband on their wedding day. I will bring your kingdom to its knees. A princess strained from childhood to be a lethal spy, Laura knows that the bridge kingdom represents both legendary evil and legendary promise. The only route through a storm-ravaged world, the Bridge Kingdom controls all trade and travel between lands, allowing its ruler to enrich himself and deprive his enemies, including Lara's homeland. So when she is sent as a bride under the guise of fulfilling a treaty of peace, Lara is prepared to do whatever it takes to fracture the defenses of the impenetrable Bridge Kingdom. But as she infiltrates her new home, a lush paradise surrounded by tempest seas, and comes to know her new husband, Arryn, Lara begins to question where the true evil resides. Around her, she sees a kingdom fighting for survival, and in Arryn, a man fiercely protective of his people. As her mission drives her to deeper understanding of the fight to possess the bridge, Lara finds the simmering attraction between her and Arryn impossible to ignore. Her goal nearly within reach, Lara will have to decide her own fate. Will she be the destroyer of a king or the savior of her people? Not me getting butterflies at the mention of Arryn's name. Okay. I am indeed. So, man. yeah, just to debrief on the first couple of chapters that we read, it talks a lot about these two kingdoms. Like, Mar- it's yeah. Maradrina, which is where Lara is from, Ithacana, or the Bridge Kingdom, as it's also called, uh, where Arryn is from. Um, yeah. And then other nations that are mentioned are Valkata and... Um, it, no, uh, yeah, it's Valkata and... Harendel. Harendel. <clears throat> Harendel is oh yeah Harendel and then Amarid yeah mm-hmm. those Amarid. ones those yeah. ones um so basically this this whole how this geography is set up is that to the north there's Harendel and Amarid, Amarid. Mm-hmm. and then to the south is Maradrina and Valkata and connecting these two land masses is this skinny little kingdom with a massive, like, a massive stone structure they call the bridge. Um, crossing the sea by boat can only be done two months out of the year because there is intense hurricanes that constantly cross the islands and pretty much destroy any ship that 
tries to pass through it. So the only way that people can transport goods between the two land masses is through the bridge. Um, But nobody really knows how to get into the bridge other than it's at its mouth, which is one what they call North Watch and one that they call South Watch, which is in the north and south coasts. Um, and Mardria, where Laura is from, is desert. 90% desert. So they do not have a lot it's of gone. arable farmland. Uh, and they constantly fight over their neighbor, with their neighbor, Valcada, over a tiny little strip of fertile land that is constantly... Stop watching Ben Barnes' TikTok and was, get your head in the podcast! I was putting my phone on silent. It's not my fault that that's what was opened. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Anyway, so that's basically the gist. So if you hear us talking about these different yeah. countries, that's... Now you know. Now you know a little bit about it if you haven't read The Bridge Kingdom before. Yeah. Alright, so, chapter one. Basically what happens in chapter one is uh, a lot of murder. Um, (laughs) A lot of murder. Essentially what goes on is we are introduced to Lara and her 11 sisters? 12. 12? No, she's one of 12. Yeah, it's 12. She's one of 12. So it's Lara and her uh, 11 sisters, um, Saren, who is kind of like their main trainer dude, and uh, Silas, who is the king and their father. So, essentially, what you need to know is the way Maradrina is set up is the king has a harem and has a lot of uh, wives and a lot of babies with said mm-hmm. wives. So, technically, all these sisters are her half-sisters. Yes. Yeah. Technically. So, essentially, um, I'm reading this, and you know me, I always read the weirdest chapters at night. <laughs> so I'm sitting in my bed and just reading this chapter and, you know, it's getting everything set up and all of a sudden, like, 11 people are dead just yep. instantly and I'm like, yep. uh, like- uh, okay, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Yeah, I'll admit when I first read this, uh, I, I, so it released on an Audible exclusive first and that's how I found this book series was through Audible. So I was listening to it. I remember explicitly, I was listening to this at work while I was, like, stocking the shelves. Um, and I had my earbud in, and then all of a sudden it was just like, all my sisters drop dead in their soup <laughs> bowls. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, like and we're I, not even on chapter two yet. Can you call it We're not even on page two yet. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold the, hold the, hold the phone. Uh, what yeah. is happening? So... I was very intrigued. That is definitely one way to get your readers hooked in. Um, Which it worked. Laura essentially, uh, her father comes to visit all of his daughters in the desert where they have been training for the past, was it 15 years? Yeah, 15. Um, To be assassins to be sent to Ithacana. And apparently that night he was supposed to pick which daughter would go to represent Maradrina in this marriage agreement. And it was supposed to be her oldest sister, Marilyn. Marilyn, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Laura then poisoned every single one of her sisters, including herself, um, and they dropped dead and she didn't. And then she said, yo, I'm going to Ithacana instead. Yeah. <laughs> and her dad is, like, pissed, but is also, like, Okay. Respect. Right. You respect. You got respect Told for that. Me, like, yeah. Yeah, and that's 
That's chapter one in a that's, nutshell. That's literally yeah. all that chapter one is. And I just remember reading this and being like, well, looks like I'm not going to bed for a little bit. We're mm-hmm. doing this. And just laying awake and yep. thinking about how 16 people just died. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the next chapter, chapter two, is basically continuing on after the aftermath, basically explaining to her father, like, this is why I made this decision. Uh, and then everybody else in the confine dies or gets killed. Yeah, I think it was upwards of, like, maybe 200 people. Yeah. Because the king wanted to keep his plan silent, so he was like, well, nobody that had ever lived here can come out of this alive except for my one daughter that I chose. So, yeah. like, all of her trainers died. All of the maids, the cooks, the musicians, everybody else died. Yep. Uh, and, and her ma- her trainer that she thought of as more like his dad, or her dad, uh, literally slits his throat in front of her. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh shit. Well. Yep. <laughs> and then we meet the magpie, lovely man that he is. Oh, and I, I mean, by lovely, the magpie, uh, the magpie can dick. be dead. He can be dead. Very dead. He should have been dead. I want him to be the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very bad. You'll um, find out soon enough why we want him to be the dead. Because he's an asshole. He sucks. Mm-hmm. He is the worst. Yeah. I, I, they go on to say how she... The, the, okay. Magpie's nickname... Magpie is his nickname. No, 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 no. I think... His real name's Saren. No, I know that. I'm trying to figure out who gave her the nickname Cockroach. I was think that was Eric. Eric Eric so gave gave her the Cockroach nickname because she refused to die. Which Mm -hmm. comes up a lot because, again, she refused to die and definitely survived under different circumstances that she probably should not have. So... Shout out to Lara mm-hmm. for being a queen. Literally. She's live, laugh, loving through all of this. Yeah. Um, even in these conditions. So she's been very... That's <laughs> like Gatekeep Girl Boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's just silent Silas Valiant's thing. <laughs> I'm gonna guess like Gatekeep and Girl Boss. All this way. Except I and hate also, women. Girl. And also Girl Keep because I have a harem that's like <laughs> I have a harem and I hate women and uh, yeah. I hate women, fuck women, Sexist. but also fuck women. <laughs> What? <laughs> that is... That was not in the last episode. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh. Uh, but it's interesting here. When Laura is explaining why she didn't think that Mary Lynn was the best choice for it. Um, so Laura... Yep. Laura goes into this little tangent here. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, is Saren talking about how much better Mary Lynn was than her. Mm-hmm. And then Laura goes, everything he said about Mary Lynn was true, but it wasn't the sum of her. Unbidden memories flooded into Laura's mind, visions of her sister carefully caring for a runt kitten, which which now was the fattest cat in the compound, of how she listened quietly to any of her sister's troubles and offered them the most perfect advice, how as a child she had given names to all the servants because she had thought it cruel that they should have none. Then the vision cleared, leaving only the still body before her, golden hair crusted with soup. And I, Can we also talk about how, like, the cat got to live? The cat <laughs> didn't get to live. Like, all of the cats got to live and they killed everyone but else. I find it interesting like, because no, of what happens later in the book. It's like, the, I can excuse murder, but I draw the line of animal cruelty. <laughs> you can excuse murder at oh. Silas right now. Uh, Sorry, be, per, be poetic. What anyway. What I was saying is her whole dialogue here about how Mary, uh, how she's a better fit 
for Mary Lynn because Mary Lynn was too kind and everything like that mm -hmm. is really poetic when you, we get a little bit further into the mm -hmm. chapters here yeah. uh, because it parallels with something else which I will note when we bring it up. Oh, yes, we will. One of the things I also love about Laura is how she's like, I'm in complete control of my emotions. I am not. I, she was like, I am a perfect spy. Like, I've been trained to do this. All my training's a beating yep. out of it. And this first two chapters is just her, I'm sweating, like I'm, I'm clammy. I'm going to throw up. up. I'm, I'm so scared. Dying. Like, uh, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Well, this is... Uh, yeah, cutting to chapter three is also kind of when we get, we detail um, how Laura did her plan and kind of yeah. get to peek a little bit into her thought, press kind, thought process mm -hmm. kind of. What I find very interesting is how she is trying to be the exact opposite of Marilyn yeah. and is like turning it up. Because yeah. one of the first things she says in this chapter is talking about her sister's bodies. This might get a little bit graphic. Don't mm -hmm. burn them. Leave them for the scavengers to pick them bones clean. Hmm. That's like, lovely. Well, all right. She really man. ramped it up there. I think my favorite thing in this whole chapter is when they're talking about, um, you know, like how she poisoned all the soups and like gambled on wh where the king was going to sit. And the magpie is like, you murdered your sisters for the good of our country. And then Lara replies... Uh, hardly. I murdered them because I wished to live. And then he's like, you gambled with the king's life in order to save your own skin. And she's like, and? And? And then the king's like, she gambled and won. Like, well, also, also, one of the things that we do find out here, though, is that she did not, in fact, kill yeah. her sister. Yes. And she was keeping them, like, asleep Amazing. enough to look dead. Yeah. So that she was basically, like, going to save their lives. Mm -hmm. Which but is also why she doesn't want to burn the bodies. Because if you burn the bodies, the you're dead. I really think that Danielle L. Jensen could have drawn this out a little bit Oh, more. yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't think that it needed to be revealed in Chapter 3. Like, I wanted to keep it going, being like, oh, yeah, this badass bitch just mm -hmm. murdered all of her sisters. Like, mm -hmm. But at the same time... If she would have drug it out, would we have trusted Lara and wanted to see what she would do? Because think about Probably it. If we're not. following, like... If, we're, if we drug it out, we she would be, like, a psychotic murderer. And we're like, yeah, okay, we're this, like, isn't, oh, like, this isn't gonna end well. You know, like, mm -hmm. she doesn't deserve the good things that show up. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact... I kind of don't mind the fact that she, like, nixed it that early. Because it's kind of like, not only does it show that Lara's not, like, as cutthroat and ruthless as she seems... It also is kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. why did you want? Why did you want it to be you? Yeah, it kind of gives like a different reason as to why. It exactly. makes it more self-sacrificial. However, you want to know her. I you want to know her motives. Yeah, like she could have just told everybody the plan. Mm -hmm. I think this could go one of two ways because we look at this from Laura's perspective. Laura's perspective, really, really thoroughly, and you could say the majority of the book is from her perspective. Mm -hmm. I think revealing it earlier maybe makes sense to understand and trust her more, like you were saying. However, had this been more equal and you see more of our inside of things, mm -hmm. leaving it until what happens at the very end, which I won't tell you until we get there, uh, like what happens at the very end of the book, I think if it, it was revealed then along with what happens at the end, it would have just been, it just like, been like, what uh, in the world is It would have made things make sense from Aaron's point of view, because I think the first time I read this, I had such a hard time grasping, like, the amount of tragedy in it. I mean, the, there was, like, a bit of a shock, but at the end, I was like, oh, well, I 
kind of saw that coming. <laughs> like, right. from Lara's perspective, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, just, I feel like it could have been drawn out a lot more than it was. Yeah. Because even when I read this book the first time, not knowing anything that was to happen later, mm-hmm. I was like, why did she reveal that so soon? Like, yeah. you could have milked that shit yeah. for a long time and then put it up <laughs> at a more... Shit. And then put it up at a more, like, dramatic moment. Yeah. I feel like this is... The way she reveals it is almost sort of anticlimactic because yeah. they're riding back from the middle of the desert to go to Ithacana. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking about, like, you know, her codes and stuff like that and what she's mm-hmm. supposed to do in Ithacana. Like, I feel like this is the weirdest place to drop that bomb. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I under- I totally understand that, but also I think that there's enough other drama and other stuff that makes up for it in a way yeah again i just kind of like i i totally understand and i kind of and i agree with it somewhat but i also like how she kind of cut it short it's like oh wait a minute and you think about well why why what are her motives what are her what's her thought process yeah which then talking about um marilyn's code I want to know what the code is. I do too. I, I, want to I, I want to be able to figure it out. I'm like, can I break it? I want to know. I that would be kind of cool to like have like as a friend group, maybe have like a secret code that we could talk yeah. like and message Ooh. with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that I feel like talking code is just so cool. Oh yeah, you know? it is. maybe that's really fucking nerdy of me, but like I, I want to have. Well, a we're code. a bunch of fucking nerds. Yeah. <laughs> we have a podcast that's literally a book club. We have a book club code that we oh talk in. Oh my gosh! In. <laughs> it's the code it's like of us wanting Latin. to leave the main the main hangout so we can go home and read. Next <laughs> day on the hangout day. <laughs> Want oh. to read my book, Nay? So book then, then it goes into their ride past the first Maradridian oh, town that yeah. Laura has seen. That sad sight. In since she was well, she was taken to the Red Desert when she was five. So the last time she saw any sort of polite society was when she was five. So this is now the first time that she's ever seeing her people mm-hmm. that they've been, like, telling her all about in the Red Desert, but she's never actually gotten a chance to see. Yeah. And what she sees is not... Kind of horrific. Not really bad. It's, it's really It is tragic. very horrific. With It talks about how, like, they're... They're super thin and skinny. Like, all their bones are, like, protruding from them. They're, like, barely clothed and stuff like that. Like, I feel like this is just all around bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, just no And, like, her father tells her to throw coins at them. Like, oh, here, give them some coins. Like that scene in Aladdin where, like, he's trying to be all, like, I was literally just about to say that. I was like, it is literally the scene from Aladdin where he's, like, trying to impress everybody. But, look at how many gold coins I'm throwing to the peasants. Like, and Jasmine doesn't care. (laughs) Because it's all fake, you know? Like, Aladdin Aladdin is fake. Were those coins even no, real? No, they weren't, though, because I, I feel it. like when the genie went back in and, like, everything I'm disappeared... Talking about, I'm talking about the actual book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still on Aladdin. I was like, no. Movie. I was like, no, when the genie disappeared, the coins probably disappeared, so those villagers are probably super confused. Okay, no, but, like, the actual coins. Yeah, I'm not sure. I doubt it, because I don't think Silas would waste his precious money and resources on... Mm, they're literally driving a silver carriage through the town... With camels. Yeah. With camels. 
Like, yeah. you could not be protruding more money or, like, dripping more wealth. Well, another thing is, do they even... Did they even really know that there was a princess? Yeah, because yeah, they see the- her. They see her and they go, pity the poor gentle princess. What will become of her amongst those demons? Will she mm-hmm. survive their Well, brutality? no, I'm talking about before this. Like, did... I wonder if Well, they obviously knew they knew that King, King Silas yeah. has heirs, because he has a harem of over a hundred wives. Mm-hmm. Like, he's bound to have some... Like, he's... That's his whole lineage. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they like. I don't think that they knew they grew up in a compound because he kept that pretty on lockdown. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, mm-hmm. he killed everybody in there mm-hmm. to make sure yeah. that nobody would, you know, yeah, spill snitch. Mm-hmm. In that case, they got stitches before they could snitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, no, it's just her kind of talking to her father as they're growing through the town. Um, they talk about the. First oh, time she killed somebody. She, yes, this. Yeah. And it this is where we kind of first get a reveal that there were more than the original twelve sisters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Because she talks about how her and her sisters had been sixteen when a line of chained men had been brought to the compound under Saren's watchful eye. There were raiders from Valcada who had been captured and brought to test the metal of Maradrinia's warrior princesses. Kill or be be killed, Master Eric had told them, as they were pushed one by one into the fighting yard. Some of her sisters has hesitated and fallen beneath the raiders' desperate blows. Lara had not. She would never forget the meaty thunk of her blade as it sank into her opponent's throat from across the yard. So, more than one of her sisters had died. And you have to wonder how old they were when they were being forced to do this. 16? 16, 16. It literally oh. says it right at the top yeah. of that page. <laughs> oh, They duh. were 16! <laughs> Because I wasn't getting the image of, like, just ten-year-olds. No, no, they were 16, but that's still... You're gonna learn that I pay attention to things. Yeah, just like how you thought that in our last recording, that David was old enough. David? Or not David. David. The servant. The servant. Oh, yeah? Was old enough to date... To date... I don't know. I genuinely don't know how I missed the fact he was 14. I don't know how I missed that. That's so Genuinely funny. don't. Oh, I still thought okay, that. Good, I still stand by the fact that he has a little crush on her, though. Uh, that Hands I down. Like, that, he totally does. He's a little servant kid. He's a little, I mean, he's a little servant boy. You got a crush on the princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I genuinely had no idea that he was 14. I don't know how I missed that. And they made <laughs> oh, fun well. of me ruthlessly for it. I mean, yeah. you would do, so. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, but anyway. <laughs> then at the very end of this chapter, she gets pushed onto a boat and sailing towards South Watch Island, which is the first stop yep. towards Ithacana. Yeah. And the one thing that we get a taste of here is how secretive Ithacanians are. Uh-huh. Yeah. When they are seen with with other people outside of Ithacana, they always wear masks, so nobody yeah. knows what they truly look like. Which mm-hmm. is why they have, like, a saying that the Ithacanians are demons, because that's why they always hide their faces, because they don't want anybody to see how demon-like they really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're and, not demons, they're just humans. Yeah, they're just Hot humans. <laughs> nah. Hey, men! Alright, so then, chapter four, mm-hmm. they're on the boat, they're sailing towards Southwatch, and her father is a piece of shit once again. He does that's, give her knives, though. That's gonna be a ma- the marriage knife. That is going to be knives. a theme. Yeah, the, well, the marriage knives are supposed to be super dull and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's like, haha, they're sharp They're for you. sharp now, and they have little throwing knives, because killing is your specialty, so here I go. Go killing kill some bitches. Killing with knives. You know, but then here is him saying that he doesn't trust oh, yeah. her. 
And um, she tries to barter her free out, freedom, freedom knowing it's fu- yeah. futile because he's not going to... She knows. She knows he won't follow through on his word. She oh, knows no. how futile her he father is. Not. Yeah. I mean, and no this way. just shows that, like, they have an understanding between the two of them. There is not mm-hmm. a shred of love. No. Oh, no way. no way. It's a business transaction. Well, that's half of his child. That's mm-hmm. like half of his marriages because oh, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there in a little bit later, but you see how different the marriages in Ithacana are versus Maradrina. Like he can just see somebody on the street be like, "You're my wife now." Yeah. And that's that. Like he doesn't feel love to anything. No. It, just, it kind it's, of reminds me of this story of Esther from the Bible. Yeah! Where she was literally just kidnapped off the street mm-hmm. and, like, brought to that competition. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that is literally what Marjorie is like. And here's the thing, like, they, I actually, um, I did a little bit of research on the, on harems and kind of stuff like that, especially in Esther's time, because Esther's one of my favorite Bible stories. You couldn't just go back. No, you couldn't. Like, you were, you were tainted. And, and yeah. that was, that's basically the vibe of these harems, too. Like, once the king has you as a wife, the only way you're getting out of that shit is if you're executed. Yeah. yeah. You're executed Absolutely. or you die of natural causes. That's about it. Mm-hmm. All right. But Which getting is back, disgusting, by the way. Getting back <laughs> from the harem, uh, Laura lays eyes on, first of all, the bridge kingdom itself. And then the Seals king watch. of Ithacan. That yeah. hot man. Oh, she man. can't tell he's hot yet, but he's hot. Oh, he. <laughs> and the way she tells herself this had been a mistake, a terrible, terrible mistake, looking at him and, like, basically realizing that he's a man and not a demon like everybody says he is. Yeah. Well, like, what did you expect, honey bunches of oats? Mm-hmm. Well, he is still wearing the mask. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... But she, again, this is where we, you know, Laura's like, I'm in control of my emotions. (laughs) And then she's like, I know you're terrified. Like, honey, no. Oh, and then here is this beautiful moment where we get the contrast between the Ithacanian marriage vows. Okay. And the Maradrinian marriage vows. I love this method. Because also, doesn't Maradrina have a priestess? Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. I find very ironic because women Mm -hmm. don't do much in Maradrina. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... This is Maradrina's marriage ceremony. A priestess approached her left and tied an azure ribbon around their hands, binding them together forever before belting out the Maradrinian marriage vows so that all could be hear, heard over the growing storm. Vows of obedience on her part and vows to create a hundred sons on hand. But then you get the Ithacanian vows. Oh, these are so beautiful. I know. And I love these. I this, know. This is well, the, gen- the general we, steps forward. Before we talk about that. that, before we talk about that, can we talk, what I find very interesting is that, um, to my knowledge, the Ithacanian marriage vows, like, they're said in kind of like a normal, just tone of voice, whereas the Maradrinian vows are like, ah, and like Perfect. very loud and boisterous and out mm-hmm. there. So I'm wondering, it's like, you know how people who want to cover stuff up are very, mm-hmm. like, loud, boisterous, and, like, yeah. in your face about it. Like, is the priestess doing that to kind of, like, play up the Maradrinian marriage vows? Mm, maybe. Well, it and it's also... Yeah. But anyway, then this is the contrasting vows. Um, the general steps forward, and he says, Do you, Arn Curtell, king of Ithacana, swear to fight by this woman's side, to defend her to your dying breath, to cherish her body and none other, and to be loyal to her as long as you live. And then her vow to him is the exact same thing. 
Yeah. And then they knows, their, their vowels are equal. And where yeah. Maradrinia, they are tied together by a ribbon, which is, like, <laughs> limp and, like... Fragile. And fragile, like you could cut it with anything. <laughs> the Mar- or the Ithacanian vowels, on the other hand, they have their palms cut and their blood running together. Which, I love the symbolism, mm-hmm. but that's just so unsanitary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. This isn't a 21st century novel. Yeah, that's how people get HIV. <laughs> like, I don't think HIV exists in this world. Yeah. You I know? don't want to have a blood vow with Me my husband now. Too. <laughs> that just seems so much more powerful. He doesn't have HIV. I know he doesn't. Absolutely I not. Body, bodily fluids, y'all. No bueno. No. I, you know, it's... Blood vows are not it weird. It sounds weird, but the first time I, I, you know, I'm a big reader fantasy books like and this is not the first time i've ever seen a blood vow like this yeah and ever since i was young i'm like i want to do a blood vow with someone that yeah, just seems con- cool as shit con- convincing your husband of that I'll just do, do it in his sleep yeah yes we'll do a blood vow we'll do a blood vow yes i love you guys but not bestie that much. forever and you're not cutting your husband's hand while he's just like <laughs> But I'm not letting you do that. <laughs> He's gonna wake up and there's just a bloody handprint on the comforter. <laughs> we we are bound by each other now, love. No, <laughs> going back to bed. Um, then this chapter. Yeah, we finish out this chapter with Laura going unconscious as the king of Ithacana puts something above her nose, and, and the way and falls. the way that he apologizes for doing. He's just like, He's like I'm, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Welcome to Ithacana. I'm sorry I had to do this. Blackout. Blacked out. And then we get our first chapter in front. Chapter? Chapter! Aye, aye, chapter. Chapter. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> From our, the, the man, the myth, the legend. Aaron! Oh my gosh. I love this man. One of my yes. many, many. So much. I will start a harem of book boyfriends. Oh my oh, gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> what, is, what do you call a, a harem that's made up of men? A reverse harem? Oh, a reverse harem. Yeah. I read too much romance to know that. <laughs> yeah. It's called a reverse harem. I uh, want to have a reverse harem with all of my book boyfriends. Oh my gosh. I'm going to write that now. I'm going to write a book, a romance story, about a girl who has a reverse harem of book boyfriends. I mean, honestly... We have friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, you know, I'm going to do that now. I feel like Each chapter's a different trope. Yeah. I feel like that's a Wattpad fanfiction waiting to happen. Are you saying my writing's I good looked enough at, for Wattpad? I looked up, I looked at my glassy blue orbs. I was only two foot two when I went to my first harem husband, the mafia leader. I love those TikToks so much. Oh it's so, so funny. They're hilarious. Anyway, a motherfucking Aaron. He talks, to, we get to meet his uh, lovely twin sister, Anna. 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 I love Anna so much. She, she is the man, the myth, the legend herself. I mean, my nickname is Anna. I feel like I should just be Anna in this book. That is me. I am her. Yeah. Nobody yeah. Else. She talks a little bit about the political ramifications of bringing Lara to Ithacana. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because we this is where we find out that the Bridge Kingdom really isn't that invincible, you know, in just some slight ways. No. Um, so... They're talking about how Valcada is pissed about the treaty yep. between Maradrina and Ithacana. Yeah. I do love I uh, in this chapter that they refer to Silas um, king, as the rat king. As the rat king. Uh, still my favorite part. Um, oh, we also get to meet Jor and his entrance. Oh, I fucking love Jor. His entrance 
is oh, Anna said responded like, respond Anna responded by flipping him her middle her middle finger. What are you going to do with Queen Lara? And then there's Jor with tits like that. I'd suggest betting, betting her. her. Just yep. the first line the man ever says it's like, has the word tits in it. So I'm not gonna lie. At first I was like, uh, Jor, like you suck. Like, I really wasn't, I really didn't like him just because of that line. I'm like, that's the first thing you say? Really? <laughs> but then later, I'm like, okay. You're just, now you're just like that bachelor friend that doesn't need to hurt anybody. Yeah. You he's know? like Joey from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's Joey from Friends. Um, and then we talk about how, I mean, and Aaron's little comment of like, yeah, he had noticed mm. that she was attractive yeah um, but he still is fighting like kind of his inner monologue of like that we get a little taste of like what kind of women Arn is into and it's definitely <laughs> not what Lara is portraying herself as yeah which is like this soft innocent little like maradrinian woman and then Arn's like no i need a fucking warrior i want one with a spine <laughs> a woman uh. with a spine we don't need a Terran 2.0 over here. <laughs> if this book had another Terran 2.0, I probably would have, like, quit. No, instead it has a Nana. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Nana. I can't wait till we get to we'll Nana. We'll get to Nana, which, be straight with me, is Nana based off of our D... Is, is Nana in our D&D campaign? Yes. Yep, I called it. Yeah. Nana, this Nana is based off of my... Or, no, my Nana is based off of this Nana. Yeah. Fair enough. Love it. All right. So wish Fallon probably... Uh, Fallon probably wishes that Nana was with us right now. He ends this chapter with talking about the woman that he needs, and he says, a woman who is cunning and ruthless, not because she wanted to be, but because her country needed her to be. A woman who challenged oh. him every day for the rest of his life. A woman Ithacana would respect. Be careful what you wish for, and honey. there was one thing he was certain... Laura Elliott was not that woman. Yeah. Oh, I love that contrast oh, but she so is. much. I love how he's basically like it, describing what the woman, the woman he wants, and Laura like he's without knowing it, is literally just checking that off, woman. checking off all the boxes. And he's all like, right. but she's not that woman. She's not like other, other girls. girls. She's this. Soft she, no, no, she is like she other is girls. like other girls. I don't want that. <laughs> all right, so. Anna, Anna and Laura. So Laura oh, wakes up, she's like, what the fuck just happened? And then Anna is literally standing in her room in one of Mary Lynn's dresses that was packed with Laura. And she's just like, oh, hi, you're awake. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And then literally strips in front of Laura when she's like, oh, take that off. She's like, very first time ever meeting this woman. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get strip. I'm gonna get naked. It's time to get naked. Uh, and then She's they great. reveal that the uh, drug that Laura took was to wipe her memory and mm -hmm. not actually to uh, knock her out. Yeah. So mm -hmm. she was awake and conscious and walking, but mm -hmm. she just can't remember any of it. And then she yeah. actually says that it's been one of the poisons she's taken before, and so she kind of starts to remember some stuff. Very but, fuzzy but details. Very fuzzy details. Mm -hmm. um, so she like kind of figured out what it was because some of the memories came came back to her of her Which, like walking i honestly with the one thing i love about anna here is uh the one quote where it's like they're talking about aaron it's like uh among other things but i don't want to give away all our secrets my brother would never forgive me your brother your husband picking up a bow and quiver the woman the princess threw it across the floor i'm anna she bent down to kiss lara's cheek and i for one am so looking forward to getting to know you sister 
I love how she turns on the charm here mm-hmm. to kind of make Lara trust her. But Anna is so onto her from the oh, beginning. Yeah. Like, Anna she's doesn't take any immediately bullshit. onto her. Mm-hmm. Like she nails the call. Like she nails what Lara is doing right oh, on the head yep. first try before Aaron even knows. And Aaron's yep. like, no, that's not happening. And Anna's like, I think you're wrong. Like, mm. she just knows immediately, and I find it hilarious. And then after Anna leaves, Alara's, like, wasting absolutely no mm. time getting her ass into the spy mode. Yeah. Um, where she walks out into this backyard. And let me just say, I, love I don't care if I am transported to the most militaristic, governmental, horrible place on Earth. If I had access to a bathroom like that one. Oh, I want it. Oh yeah, it the is like bathroom? a hot mm-hmm. spring with jungles and like steaming, like flowing brooks and every. I would I would never leave. I'm sorry. It's yeah. no. Yeah, you can find me in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's probably as big as a swimming pool. It's just like oh yeah, a yeah. giant bathtub, soft towels, soap scrubs. Well, also can we talk about combs. how that's like his her first coherent interaction with Aaron is he's just butt naked. Well, before that, they have a conversation right outside the wall where Lauren can hear. It's Aaron talking with Anna. Yeah. Um, talking about how Laura seems like a drag. <laughs> um, and then uh, Anna basically being like, hey, they fulfilled their deal. You need to give yep. them what they want, which is less taxes. Yep. And then... Then, uh, as he's fading out of the conversation, his last line here, when he's talking about um, the Marjorinian king, he says, giving the Marjorinian king what he wants will make him depend on us all the more. It might pay off. And just barely, Lara heard his response, Marjorina will starve before it ever sees the benefit of this treaty. Which is is super intense. And like, yeah. Well, it also, it makes Laura think that he's like this cold, ruthless person. Well, because that's exactly what it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's what's, it kind of confirms what's been drilled into her head, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, she was kind of weary in the start and then, you know, like, you know, making sure that she wasn't lied to because obviously she doesn't trust her father that much. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that she, like, waits for him to say something that kind of just nails him. And uh, he does. Without the context, it really mm-hmm. just nails him in the head. And then we get to the scene which you are referring to, which is where Aaron then comes out to the bathing room in nothing but a towel, see- seeing Laura standing there. Oh, that man. Uh, and then, the again... The tension. The tension. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. He asks about her knives. And he says... Do you even know how to use those? And Laura thinking that she has to keep her little guise of not knowing how to do anything, um, says, I've cut my fair share of meat. <laughs> Sorry. I've cut my fair share of meat. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, oh, that gives it like a little bit of a spark of interest because she's like challenging him in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says, so the little princess has a backbone after all. I meant, do you know how to fight with them? And then her response just kills his interest, which yeah. her response is, I was raised to be your queen, not a common soldier. Except. Yeah, except. And then she goes, trying to seduce him right away, because she's like, crap, I gotta get that interest yeah. back. And so she's like, 
here, let me like arch my back and like show off my assets. And then he's like, no, I'm here to take a bath. You are heavier than you look and carrying you back from Southwatch. Damn. Sweaty business. Yeah, that's like horrible. Like that's awful. Come on, Aaron. But it's also hilarious. Yeah. And then she kind of like figures him out pretty quick after that. She's like, this man's a hunter and he wants a chase. So uh, what she does at the very end is like, she's basically 180s on him and is like, well, you can wait for your bath. And like says, leave your towel, by the way, in the soap because I don't have any. And basically just makes him leave without any clothes, which I think is. And just like watching. And he he literally, you could tell he's pissed. Oh, yeah. And he like chucks the soap into her little bath and it like splatters and storms out. Mm -hmm. I I love it. It says, please. Please leave me the soap. I'm afraid I forgot to bring any out. She hesitates and then added, the towel too. The bar landed into the water next to her with a splash. Alara opened her eyes just in time to watch him remove the towel from his waist, toss it onto a rock, his feet smacking against the path as he strode naked back to her room. She was graying the entire time. Mm-hmm. She knew. So, she knew. I, that, but she's so smart knowing that that's exactly what he wanted and oh, kind yeah. of giving it to him right away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, just to put more salt in the wound, in chapter <laughs> 7, she's like, yeah, I stayed in there for hours. Oh, yeah. Waiting. Oh, so yeah. Annoying. Like, what the hell? She's like, uh, she basically spends the whole day bathing. You already know until that Aaron was just sitting in his room being like, what's Bitch, getting out of my water. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you have, like, when that one sibling's taking forever to get the shower, and you're like, you're using up the hot water! (laughs) Oh, alright, and then after she finally gets herself out of the hot springs, Mm -hmm. um, she goes to dinner with Anna, and here is where that interesting parallel is that I pointed out in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I pointed out how Laura said that Mary Lynn was, like, too kind for this, and one of the reasons why she stated is because Mary Lynn had rescued a kitten, a runt kitten, and taken Mm -hmm. care of it, and then, like, you know, now it was in the fattest cat in the compound. So, when she has her dinner with Anna, she finds out about Oren's pet, Vitex, (laughs) who is a cat, who is a a jaguar, I believe. Um, And Anna tells the story of how they Got Vitex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me just see. Ah, Aaron found him abandoned when he was just a kitten. Took him into the house and then couldn't get the damned creature to leave. He does keep the snakes out. I'll give him that. Which is like, okay. Thinking back to who's the softy now. Yeah. Who's the softy now? Like, you know, because she was saying that, you know, Mary Lynn was kind of soul. Like, this was one of the things that she did. She rescued this cat. She cared for it. And now it's like, you know, super primed and polished. Mm-hmm. Aaron, her enemy, who is supposed to be this devil of a creature, has done the exact same thing that she cited her sister too kind for doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. that little parallel there I found very interesting. I may be reading way too much into shit being like the English teacher that's like, <laughs> why were the curtains blue in the house? But like, yeah. you know, I just made that connection there. What I think is really funny is that Anna kind of slips up when she's talking about where they are and says, oh, this is my parents. Oh, wait, no, it's my brother's house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Which, like, how long have it, residence. Ha, does it say how long his parents have been dead? I think it's like, a year. Been a couple, a, a year. year. A year or two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's still yeah. very new because she's still making those little slips. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then she kind of, Laura kind of reveals what she knows about the 
Ithikana, which is not much. Mm -hmm. All her knowledge about that from all of her 15 years of training can be fit into a paragraph. Yeah, honestly, you know? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know too much. Because um, no one else really does. Yeah, and so. Anna kind of explains it to her. She explains that she's a commander at Southwatch, and then Lars like, but you're a, a woman? You'll find we hold a different way of life in Ithacana. What's between your legs doesn't determine the path you walk in life. Half of the garrison at Southwatch is made up of women. Represent! Which I think is a very... I think that this was one of the first books that I read ever that had good woman representation other than like a strong female character and there the was only, an actual like, the country yeah. female character yeah like there was an actual country there's an actual country in this book that's dedicated to equality between men and women mm-hmm. where i think it's a very common thing in fantasy for there to be a strong female character who kind of leads that arc in yeah. the, the country rather than there already being that have like, and, it's not and that contrast is seen in Maradrina mm-hmm. because in Maradrina the women are definitely seen as less oh, yeah. so it's like there is a one kingdom that values women as equals and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be the enemy kingdom and then there's one that doesn't value women as much and again mm-hmm. you have that one person, Laura, who's changing that aspect by simply yeah. just existing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's kind of both of those tropes in there yeah, uh, and then Aaron joins them for dinner, and Laura gets them trashed. <laughs> well, she more poisons them than yeah, anything. Yeah, she just spikes their drinks with a date rape drug. <laughs> oh, my God. oh God, it's kind of what it is, that though. Really I mean, it pretty is. much is. It just makes them pass out. It's a sleep agent, okay? I guess if you're, well, it's like putting a bunch of melatonin in their drinks. I guess it's like <laughs> better way of suggesting it. Stone gummies in their wine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And But before that, she's talking, like, more banter with just her, mm-hmm. Aaron, and Anna. Mm-hmm. That dynamic is just so interesting. I love I their love dynamic, it. though. Me too. It, it, makes, it makes and breaks The repertoire book. from back and forth and back and forth. Is oh, just yeah. Awesome. oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. All right. But, yes, the date rape drug. Um, <laughs> the date rape drug. She yeah, conceals I'm, it so well because Anna does. is revealed to be quite the heavy. And the fact that she, she uses it, it so early. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's like she hides it in her bracelet. bracelet. Yeah. So like she she already has that reputation for being the heaviest drinker of the bunch. Mm-hmm. And so Laura's poisoning of her just she, makes more sense. Yeah, and she is able to use that to her advantage. I think she caught on to that pretty quickly, which I mm-hmm. think is pretty smart. Uh that she used it for her advantage. After I think one of the one of the servants says something about like it's pretty normal for her to be drunk because even in the beginning when she first meets Anna, she's like, oh, you can have a drink or 10, whatever floats your boat. And she's like, uh, uh, okay, that's an alcoholic thing to say. Anna like, needs to go good? to AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Anna and I'm an alcoholic. I believe I that know. Eli also thinks so. Yeah. Eli is the young boy servant. The young boy servant. Okay, listen. The one we were talking about earlier that I called David because I, for some reason, shut on the name. Eli. Eli. That's Eli. Eli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he carries her to bed with Lauren's help or Laura's help. Uh, also, when she finds out that there might be snakes hiding in her bed. In her bed which, yeah. also, I just realized the little bit of a symbolism of that. Yeah. Laura is technically the snake in oh, Aaron's yeah. bed. I caught on to that immediately. Yeah. I didn't until now, and I was just like, whoa, I'm smart as shit. I figured that out. <laughs> I figured that out when I first read it. Oh, shut up. I am a literary genius. She gets on to bed, and then she is getting ready to go... Um, Full spy mode. Sneak into what's his face's 
Orange. Orange. How could you forget? What's his face? Seriously? In my brain. Yeah, the hot, the hot one. The hot, the hot one. The hot hot one. Uh, she goes in there naked, by the way, because she has to sneak through the uh, bathing hey, chamber. Hey, no effort. The gar- no effort. Or just boom. Here well, I yeah, am. But, but then if she if she left, like, her soaking clothes, it would take a lot longer to dry than a regular True. body. So she would have left drip marks. Well, yeah. That all too. over the floor. I just think it's funny. She went in there dripping naked. Yeah. yeah I just think dripping. it's just funny. Well, yeah, she was soaking wet. That's just the way you said she, that. She looks through all of Aran's personal effects. Uh, to yep. try and figure out something that she can use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she does end up finding something, a place, or it says, uh, something okay, that says provisions for Aranol 54. 54. Okay, cool. Just provisions for Aranol, which one yep. of her tasks in going to the Bridge Canyon was finding out where all of the civilians were. Because yep. no one's ever seen an Ithacanian civilian. Yeah. They or like just a big civilization. It's always been small towns. Small uh-huh. towns, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't get very far in finding out what Aranol actually is, yeah. because... Aran wakes up! Then they have, like, a steamy moment where she's, like, just seducing him, making him think it's a dream. I love how she, like, low-key panics, so it's like, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and then it's just in italics, DO SOMETHING! Yeah. <laughs> DO SOMETHING! DO SOMETHING so NOW! Then she, she does something pretty clever, which is... Putting the drop of the sleeping agent back on her own lips. Yeah. And then goes for it like it's a dream. And, like, basically tries to seduce him. Because she knows that he has his, like, she has his interest of, like, her physical body. She just has to, like, put it To to use. And she was taught that, too. Like, taught how to seduce somebody. But like in her compound, she she mentions it, saying perhaps there was something that is a to Mizzet's teachings to after all. <laughs> no, like, it's actually not because she's meant to be a bride. Yeah. So they would assume that he had already yep. wedded her. And then I love how she says the first kiss of her life, and she was giving it to her enemy. Like this girl is almost twenty or is twenty, and she is having her first kiss with somebody she hates. Yeah, and like lovers, lovers, yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. It. And the way that they like, he like is really into the seduction and is like touching her all and feeling her, and uh, I'm, like, and then literally like pins her to the bed, yeah. and then fucking falls asleep on yeah. top of her, and she's like, shit, she's like, shit, I gotta a, go. What a letdown. Yeah, honestly. Uh, but then a side effect to her putting that little drop of things on her lip is that she, she is, is now drugged too. She is yeah. now drugged. She barely makes it to her room and passes out, which is lovely. And now we get to the bed. Get to the the bed. Chapter ends. (laughs) Uh, Aaron's next chapter was our second chapter from Aaron. I love this man. Me too. Seeing his point of view and having... It's so interesting to just see how they view each other in the different points of view. It's just... Love it. I wish there had been more R in though. Like, come on. I know. I just love. I love. I love his chapters. I love this man. Oh. Oh, and then R and teasing Anna about the <laughs> amount of alcohol that she drank. They Drink, both yeah. woke up kind of like hungover. hungover. Yeah. And he thought like he's like, wow, I must say, uh, you know, gotten really tired or something. And he thinks what happened with Laura is a dream. He still thinks that it was. He questioned right, she it. Good on like, her for covering that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly. Oh. Then a little bit further. Um, Pissed off the new wife already. Sorry. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I yeah, love that. That made me laugh. Um, I love we get introduced to another commander, Alistair. 
Yes. Or Aster. I was like, who? Alistair. Aster. His name is Aster because he's an ass. Yeah. Oh my god. Isn't he one of like the? He's part of the council. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he he's the commander he's of the Kistark garrison. Yep. South of Midwatch. Yep. And was a member of the Old Guard. He was appointed near the end of Arryn's grandfather's life, and Arryn's mother had spent nearly her entire reign looking for a legitimate reason to have him replaced with no success. Yep. The old bastard clung to Ithacanian traditions like a barnacle to a boat. Yep. And then so, we hear that he's, like, super disapproving of their marriage and says we need alliances and this is not one that you should be making because uh, there's something fishy going on here. Yeah, he's he also literally her tells case. her, tells Orin to drown her. Yeah. Yeah, like, what's Which the Which is her really fucking sadistic. Like, if you're gonna kill her, at least make it quick. Yeah. Orin like, does have that amount of honor that if you were gonna follow through with it, like, you'd at least just make this it This is also the first instance where we see Orin defending Lara. Oh, oh man. Because and Alice... Or, is this what he calls him out? Aster says, no, a bit no. of advice, your grace. Take the Maradrinian girl That's down to the man. water and drown her. Hold her under until you're well ensured that she is dead. And then feed her corpse to the sea. That's so fucked. Like, and then he that says, so okay. And then Arryn says, I'm not in the habit of murdering innocent women. Which is a small, it is a small stand-up. For it what is he's small, been, but it is just enough. It yeah. is just enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Alistair is not at all happy with that response. Yeah, and he kind of storms off and is like, well, fuck you, leaves. <laughs> yeah, literally, he's the worst. Yeah. Well, he isn't the worst because Silas exists, but you know. Yeah. He's the second worst. Yeah, and that yeah. that is when the very end of this chapter when Aster calls Arin a dreamer. Yeah. You're a dreamer, just like your mother was. It's a beautiful future that you envision. I'll give you that, your grace, but it is not Ithacania's future. Yeah, well, he said, unless I, your dream turned into a nightmare, do us all a favor, your grace, and keep that woman locked up. But here is the one quote that I really appreciate because it definitely shows that Arin, like, he has the stream for Ithacana, but it's not like it's not like a Disney princess. He's not yeah. like I'm gonna change the world. He's full yeah. on like this is our country. This this is what we see. Like we need to fix this. Yeah, we need to and do what's best let for me it. just read it because it's very well done and I appreciate mm-hmm. it a lot. While the rest of the world moves forward, Ithacana languishes. Our only industry is the bridge and the fight to keep the bridge. We grow nothing. We create nothing. We know nothing but war and survival. Our children grow up learning a hundred ways to kill a man, but are barely literate enough to write their own names. And that's not good enough. Yeah. Like, I love that line. Because it shows that he I, actually yeah. is a king, a ruler who cares. Yeah. Like, he yeah. cares. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think that's a that's a very stark contrast, too, the more Lara learns about him uh, to her father. Because mm-hmm. her father clearly does not. like trying to fake care, mm-hmm. but she sees that real care looks like what Arn is And doing. the only reason that she thinks he cares is because mm-hmm. she's been sheltered for her entire yeah, life. basically brainwashed. Yeah. Into thinking that he cares for his people, but he does it. Alright. Chapter so, 9. Laura's waking up again. This is where Laura does a little bit of a jailbreak and <laughs> decides to explore a little bit past the main house and gets absolutely fucked by the jungle. Yeah, <laughs> she just like falls off a cliff and then she's just like big and she's like, well, she lands in the water and like, she's drowning and she's drowning. Deep. And she like fucking stands up and she's like, well, shit. That's kind of fucking stupid. I love how she's like, yes, I'm this 
Huntress. I'm going to like <laughs> exploit you for de- Oh fuck, there's a cliff! <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Oh god, I'm drowning. Oh wait, I'm not drowning. Oh fuck, there's a snake, but I can't and kill it. Literally just thing after thing yeah. after thing. And I love how Aaron just like stands there and is kinda like, hmm. Like waits to see what she'll do. Yeah. And then just is yeah. like the so fact funny. that he's followed her the entire time, he's like, oh. There goes my wife. She's not supposed to be out. Oh, shit. She just fell down a cliff. Can you imagine? I should probably check that she's okay. Can you imagine, like, he just, he, like, turns around for a second, and then he, she's gone, and just, she, <laughs> she just, see he just sees, like, a foot or something yeah. going down the hill. He's oh just like, goodness. ah, shit. Here we go again. And like, I mean, he just I gotta go get my wife. absolute idiot. But and then she's he not. shoots the snake in the head, and she's like, oh, I was just exploring. Just bloody hell. Oh. The fact that the whole thing with the snake mm-hmm. is um, the snake is about to attack her. She knows that somebody's watching her, but she can't tell who it is. Mm-hmm. She has the knives by her side, but she's like, if I use them, my cover is blown to hell. Oh, yeah. So I'm about to let this poisonous ass snake bite and fuck up my day. And my life. (laughs) And my life because I don't want to jeopardize my mission. But if she lets the snake bite her, it's going to jeopardize her mission because she'll be fucking dead. Here's an idea. Get out of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she didn't want to move because she didn't want to spook it. But luckily, Aaron did not uh, let her get eaten. Uh, Which, I mean, if a man shot a snake for me, I mean, I can't say I wouldn't mind it. Uh, and then Aaron kind of calls her out on exploring, being like, mm-hmm. dude, you know you're not supposed to go out here. And she's like, nobody ever said and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. And he's like, take the reasons that you were confined in that uh, fucking uh, compound, compound. Uh, the same reasons that you are here now locked up. And she's like, mm, that's bullshit. Oh, yeah. And he goes on this whole tirade. Like, he's kind of mm-hmm. pissed at her. He says, yeah. you were kept locked up in the desert compound for your safety. Consider my motivations for keeping you confined here the same. Ithacana is dangerous. For one, the entire island is booby-trapped. And two, you won't walk two paces without passing by some manner of creature capable of putting you in your grave. And three, a caught a little princess like you doesn't know the first thing about taking care of herself. And she's like, are you sure? She's <laughs> like, are you bitch, sure about that? Bitch! She said it took every ounce of control in her body not to tell him just how wrong she, he was on that account. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then it's like, that said, you didn't make it farther than I expected you would. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, what do they have you and your sister doing in the compound? Running laps and shoveling sand? It's like, hmm, you have no sh- idea. You want to know, buddy? You want to know? Pour me, tell you. pour me some wine. We can trauma dump. Yeah, they're they're basically kicking it back and forth here, trying to, you know, puff up their pride uh, a little bit. And so. then she reveals that the real reason why she wanted mm-hmm. to go out here was to see, see the, the bridge. bridge. And, and he's like, Instead of Aaron denying her that, he he plays into it a little bit. He's like, oh, sure. but she kind of does manipulate him a little bit because I yeah. feel like she can see at this point that he is a little bit of an idealist. Oh like, yeah, he would love. I feel like she could read different. him like a book. He's, He's a little softy boy. Well, and that's probably she, what they she, her. So mm-hmm. she he asks her why she wants to see the bridge, and she says she met his gaze unflinchingly. I wanted to see. The bit of architecture that was worth the rights to my body, my loyalty, and my mm. life. And he's uh, like, those things are not your your father's to give 
they're yours. And then she's like, so you say, and he kind of like recoils at that. Like you can tell this was not his idea. Yeah. Like his, yeah. this treaty was not at all his idea. And if he could have, he would have thrown it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because again, it is like treating her like an object. Pretty much. And well, the can, whole, that's the whole tell. point of the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Of the game. You can tell like that he doesn't like it because in Ithacana, they're all seen as equals, but he's yeah. just like, well, I kind of did play into that. Now. And she's yeah. not used to it. Like oh, she's yeah. this, she wasn't expecting this. Oh no, absolutely not. She, she, she expected him to go along with like her qualms about being forced to do things she didn't want to do and thought he was, you know, of course, like all uh, Mashanian Mashanian? Whoa! Why are you that bringing up the D&D campaign? Whoa, that, is, that is the wrong... Maradrinian! Although, you're not entirely uh, wrong with the parallels of our D&D campaign. Mashan was awesome! Thanks. I freaking loved Mashan! Yeah. I was thinking compared it's to... It's the same ending. What? <laughs> Lyra is Laura and Atlas is Aaron. Kind of. Kind of, except yeah. Lyra's not a spy. Trying to kill him. Yeah. Know? No, she she's too in love with him for that. Well, hey, I mean, no, the first campaign, like, she wasn't in love with him at first. Wait. But the, she fell for him when she stood when he stood up to Quincy. Anyway, we'll, we'll unpack Which that after. Shortly the- after. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no. um, so then That's she does come to see the bridge, and we here we get a little bit more detail in chapter 10 yeah. about what the bridge actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll read just a chapter little blurb of it. And it says, uh, like a great gray serpent, the, br- the bridge meandered as far as the eye could see, jo- joining the continents. It rested atop naturally formed tower crests that seemed to have been placed there by the hand of God for such a purpose, mm-hmm. defying the tempest seas that crashed against its feet. Occasionally, its gray lengths drifted over the larger islands, resting on the thick stone columns built by ancient hands. The bridge was a feat of architecture that defied reason, that defied logic, and that should, by all rights, not exist. Which is exactly why everybody wanted it. I want bridge lore. Me too. I want to. I feel like give me bridge. The lore. only thing, the only this is kind of I don't know. It's technically a spoiler for anything, but the only thing that I wish there was more of in this book was bridge lore. I feel like we I want to know how it got there. I do. I want to know built what, it. who built we it. We need a prequel to this book because it that obviously gives us we do. Lore. We totally do. You can because they would have to have constructed this thing in yeah, the middle of storm season. Oh yeah, That's true. And based on how awful these storms are oh there's like, no way there's no way so i want to know i'm pretty sure the there's history magic behind, behind it. it there's got to be magic behind but it. but there's no well, magic that exists well, also, in this world. not also, that we know of it yeah, could have just disappeared well they also mentioned like they do mention some type of deity almost like not yeah, in detail god. but they mentioned like god multiple times so i'm wondering if there's something with that but yeah. i want more bridge lore too i do want more bridge bridge danielle lore. if you're bridge listening lore. to this bridge lore yeah <laughs> give us Give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. The way that she also, like, Laura draws out Aaron a little bit on this, um, mm-hmm. talking about the bridge and um, the treaty. Uh, and um, and then the sirens go off. Yes. And Aaron's like, oh, no. And Laura's it's like, raiders. <laughs> it's raiders. We gotta go help them. We He's gotta like, stop them. You gotta stay put here in this little tower thing. We're gonna go. Shut up, sit your ass down. And she's <laughs> like, no. She's like, 
bitch, please. She's like, this is the perfect opportunity to spy. Because he's literally taking her to a vantage point that's above the sea with a fucking telescope. Yep. So that mm-hmm. she can see the bridge. But not only can she see the bridge, but she can also see the mechanisms that they use to defend themselves yep. against the raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was revealed that the raiders were from Amarid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they were mostly made up of like uh, criminals and, and things like that. Low life people. Low life people. The ship was very, you know, run down. It wasn't one of their nicest, biggest ships. Yeah. Um, so then she she realizes that she's not able to see, you know, a lot from her vantage point. So she decides to follow Arin and his people. Yep. Um, and she kills people along the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, she kills people along the way. Uh, but then she sees Arin's brutality for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And I think even her, despite what she did to get her way there, which is killing people, yeah. to see her enemy that she's branded as so much worse than her killing people. Yeah. It, like, awakens something. It awakens something in She's her. like, wake me up inside. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, um... Oh, so this is when they're kind of drowning, and all, oh, oh yeah. we get introduced to Ithacana sharks. Doesn't she say Yeah, the sharks. Yes. So she goes, uh, or Aaron goes, this is an act of war against us, Laura. They deserve what mm-hmm. they get. And she replies, no one deserves this. Though her reaction was an act, her stomach twisted as the waves pummeled the ship and, the, and swallowing mm-hmm. the, the wreckage whole. All yep. the Amaridians were in the water now, some trying to reach the dangling ropes. Others swimming for the direction of the island, which she stood. Help them. No. Then I will. She whipped around, keen to use the dramatic display of empathy to get closer to the small craft on the beach, only to find herself face-to-face with Arin's soldiers. Yep. Uh, and then this kind of snaps something in Arin as well. Yeah. Her pleading for their lives, it kind of snaps something in him, because then he goes off, on like a killing spree with them essentially so she's watching them getting torn up by sharks which is pretty horrific it's like um pretty dramatic especially because she's never seen sharks before yeah in the desert um so uh, (laughs) Arin is trying to justify why he needs to kill them um laura goes please this is cruelty and Oren's face went dark with anger. Cruelty is what those men would have done to my people had they managed to get past our defenses. Ithacana mm-hmm. never asked for this. We never, invi- we never invaded their lands, never slaughtered their children for sport. They brought war onto us. Yep. And then Laura responds with, if you let them die, are you any better? There were only three soldiers left, and they were close, except Finn's trailed in their wake. Show some mercy. And, and then Oren, like, you want, want some, some mercy? mercy? And then he shoots them he with shoots, a bow and arrow. He shoots all three of them before they can get dragged beneath mm-hmm. the waves from the shark. Yeah. And that's when she she's like, this. "Which plot twist? It actually was kind of merciful because yep. those sharks are no nice." Yes, yeah. but at the same time, Laura then is like, "Yeah, he's a fucking murderer." Uh, but she kind of so does, is she. Like she's she, doing the she same does. thing. She, it's very hypocritical. Um, but then she sits down, does her whole dramatic display, mm-hmm. and then a finds a way into the bridge. At low tide, too. Mm-hmm. Which is ingenious on her part. Honestly, oh, yeah. yeah. And then the way, I think it's mentioned in the next chapter, how she marks it. Like, yeah. You know, she uh-huh. Oh, that's when, that's when, Nana. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah. little bit later. Yeah. All right. 
another Orin chapter. Orin, we love Orin. Love this man. Uh, Jor makes fun of him for upsetting Laura. Yep. Uh, and they get his their first letter from the we or the king, the king. of Mardrina. Yeah. Basically, um, it's proof of life letter kind of thing. Proof of life letter. Yep. Um, and then we also meet Leah. Which is another female guard oh, from yes. the garrison. Isn't that... No, 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 no. Never mind, sorry. Somebody She's else. Yeah. Uh, so Jorah's again making fun of it. That's probably the only thing that hasn't been a disappointment for her. Jorah shook his head. Maybe she just l- dislikes cocky little bastards. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've heard there enough. are kingdoms yeah. where people show little respect for their monarchs. I can respect you and still think your shit stinks just as bad as the next man. <laughs> I love, I love him so much. You're just pissed that the Rat King of Mardrina sent you a girl with an opinion rather than a brainless twit tood. She made a vulgar gesture without question. Mm-hmm. Like you, Leah? <laughs> this I banter. Love banter. Oh, I love so the banter. I think that's the most beautiful thing about this book is the banter. I love, I love, and the fact they're... that they can say that, like they're all men and women just bantering yeah. with each other, and nobody is like, nobody cares. Like, oh, I'm gonna get all mad about it, you know. Oh. And then we reveal that Leah thinks that Laura is a, a spy. spy. Yeah, everybody's on to her except Aaron. Aaron's like, what do you mean? No, she's not. Have you seen her? She's a doting little baby. And they're all like, bitch, the fuck, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, I, maybe it's just me, but do women? Ha- I feel like women have like a really good sense with that. Oh yeah, but it's like seeing as Leah and just, Anna she's are not just your people. friend. She's on like she wants you, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes into the fact that Laura ignored him for three weeks. Yeah, after the shipwreck, she That's continued. So nuts. She continued her tantrum for three weeks. I mean, that's but that whole time she was planning an invasion on the tiny mm-hmm. little scraps of information that she had. Yeah, she like was like, "Well, fuck this. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get this over with. I'm gonna tell them where everything is. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna gather all my information." So then, after Oren fi- officially sends his letter, they get one back, mm-hmm. and Oren delivers it to her. Yep. Um, and in that. Uh, he reveals that they had indeed broken the code. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, they're pulling another trick like that again, and we're gonna fucking strip away this and lock you up in consequences. Ah! When are you going to learn that your actions have consequences? consequences? You are like Papa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then they get into actually decent conversation, and then, um... And then they start playing a card game called uh, Luck Trumps. or Trumps. Trumps. I'm sorry. I forget Trumps. the exact yeah. name yes. of it, but mm-hmm. it's basically 20 questions with cards. Yeah, they basically yeah. play 20 questions with cards. It's like questions being, question and answers being their, uh, their prize. I love a good tensioned card game. Me mm-hmm. too. It's like they, they kind of draw some truth out of each other, get a little bit more understanding for who they are. Um, I think this softens Arn's heart, honestly, a lot more to Lara. Yeah. Um, well, she reveals a lot of her trauma. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. she went through. Yeah. Um, and I love how she, like, kind of, um, 
she said like she's always like well you know the best lie is actual truth you know lie when it's necessary and so she keeps telling the it's truth like little half truths yeah. yeah she doesn't reveal almost everything but she is telling the truth and it's like oh it's okay i can keep telling the truth and she keeps telling the truth and keeps telling the truth and it's mm-hmm. like you would think had she had i think a bit more of a smarter head on her shoulders she and not wouldn't. as rash and not as rash but she i think kind of gives in to Arn a little bit to like feel him out as much as he's feeling her out, yeah. but mm-hmm. I just thought that was an interesting thing. How like you know she was pissed for these past three weeks and is like, well, I guess I'll tell him the truth. I'll give him that kindness, uh, even though I've been, but, yeah. been pissed off Plot at twist. him. Um, I also like how we get a little bit of a vision about how much indoctrination Laura has experienced. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. because Oren asks the question of what is your worst memory? Yeah, uh, oh. and she goes into this paragraph and she said uh, she had hundreds of worst memories a thousand of abandoning her sisters to fire and sand of eric Mm -hmm. the man who had been like a father to her taking his own life in front of her because he believed that she had been driven to murder her own sisters of being left alone in a pit in the ground for weeks of being starved of being beaten of having to fight for her life all while her masters told her that it was to make her strong to Mm -hmm. teach her to endure we do this to protect you they had told her and her sisters if you need somebody to hate need somebody to blame, look to Ithacana, to its king. If not yep. for them, if not for him, none of this would be necessary. Bring them down and no Maradrinian girl will ever suffer like this again. That is some cult shit. That is really, like literally that is cult shit. That is cult, cult behavior. Yeah. That, that's giving cult vibes. It is, and it was a cult. Oh, really? yeah. Harems are cults. Change my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then she actually reveals the truth to him about mm-hmm. her worst memory being when she was taken from her mother. Dude, this that that paragraph about her explaining that to and him that's broke honestly, my heart. Like, let's think about it. That's probably one of her first memories. Yeah, being oh, yeah. because from her mother's well, when what like mm-hmm. your very first like clear memory mm-hmm. is probably when you're like four or five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the anger that Oren feels after she tells that story, I was like, the way he's like, I wasn't father, father, oh, father before. We'll I un- less am now. Yeah, we'll unpack that later. But um, this man, um, oh man, oh man, oh man. Leah, Leah kind of comes in and interrupts their whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait. and then <sighs> I hate when that happens, and I I love and hate it. But because it keeps me hooked, but this keeps happening in the book where like they get interrupted <laughs> and it is so infuriating. Yeah. But anyway, Leah comes in to tell Aaron that the storm season has been declared over. Um, which is bad news. War tides, baby. Uh, but as they go to talk, Laura picks up the letter that her father, or I guess the magpie, sent her and realizes that Maryland's code has not been cracked. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and reads, she reads the message. It? it says, Maradrina only receiving rotten produce, moldy grains, and diseased cattle. Valcaden ships departing with holds full of superior goods. Ooh. Uh, which is... Pisses her off yet again. It is, it is pissing her off yet again. She's, like, just starting to feel something for him. And then there's that just tiny little crumb of hatred that she needs to flip yep. it well, around that, That's what I find yep. interesting is that, um, I think it's, um... It was mentioned earlier that Silas didn't trust her. Mm-hmm. And this is just, you, you know, really driving that home. Mm-hmm. Because if this were just a book, if they had just been like, all right, get on the boat, do your mission, 
mm-hmm. good luck, they probably would have lost her. Yeah. But because they're writing letters and, you know, lying, that's not much mm-hmm. of a spoiler, but, like, they're basically saying, like, they're trying to keep her locked in, even though she's so far away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they do one more round. They're fueling her hate, basically. Where Aaron reveals that his parents died when they drowned in a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Laura realizes that she's, he's drunk, and again, after reading the letter, the letter, um, she is really, like, gung-ho about, mm-hmm. you know, getting this spy mission on. So then she <laughs> kind of blows her cover a little bit and asks, what is it like in the bridge? And then yeah. we get this little tension yeah. um, oh, where, man, oh, man. where he goes, make, let me make myself abundantly clear, Laura. If the Kana has not held the bridge by spilling its secrets over a bottle of brandy, so if that is your intent, you'll have to get more creative. Better yet, save us all the trouble and forget it exists. <laughs> Laura leaned back in her chair, never breaking eye contact. With both hands, she pulled up the Why skirt is- of her dress Higher and higher until her thighs were revealed. Like, why was this her first instinct? What, I think because, because, knows because of what happens you. next. So he says, lifting one leg, she pressed the naked foot against his chest, <laughs> watching his eyes race from her knee to her thigh and to her silken other thing, under thing she wore beneath. How about you take your bridge, she said sweetly, and, and shove it up, up your ass. <laughs> and then pushed him out of the fucking chair. I fucking love that line. I think it's the best thing Laura ever said in this entire yeah. series. And oh, then yeah. she goes, I'll see, or, I'll see you at dawn. Good night, <laughs> your grace. And then he goes, good night, princess. Ha! You know, if there's one thing that I love more, it's uh, somebody saying good night, princess, to me, okay? Mm, that yeah. is a nickname that I will forever love in all of my books. I and the fact life. that he yeah. makes everybody else around her call her queen but he calls her princess princess. oh yeah you know i feel like that's a trope uh, or like a nickname i would say i'd be like i hate that i'm not a princess but there'd be i'm gonna find that one person who calls me that i'm gonna be like yes anything you want (laughs) okay now oh then orange chapter 13 is again (laughs) a dramatic shift from what that was Mm -hmm. to again kind of revealing the cracks in the bridge kingdom itself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this is when Aaron receives a letter of execution or a kill kill order yeah. for two 15-year-old girls who had stolen a boat and attempted to escape Ithacana. Yeah. Um, and that's when he kind of reveals that, you know, leaving Ithacana is considered it's treason illegal. because yeah. if anybody is to get out, they could spill, spill the, the secrets, secrets and then know. never escape. Yep. So he has to literally put these girls to death. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing he can do And he doesn't it. want to. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't want, want to. to. You can see his frustration. Mm-hmm. He, like, thinks back on a conversation and an argument that his parents had, his mother fighting for, like, the freedom of Ithacana Ithic- and the, the, the people that reside there. And his father's like, no, this is what kept us safe and alive. And she's like, alive isn't living. They deserve more. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, that hurt me in the heart. Well, what I also like is that it shows... That Aaron is not above the law. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. not, he can't just be like, he nope, can't pardon They them. live. Yep. Meh. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he can't just do that. He wants to, yeah. but he can't. So I definitely, one of the things I really admire in this book so far, and I'll get into this a little bit as we finish up the podcast, but mm-hmm. I like the push and pull. And it's not yeah. just the push and pull between mm-hmm. Lara and Aaron, it's the push and pull between being a king versus being yep. a husband versus being compassionate versus ruling with. An iron, an iron fist, fist. Yeah. like it is, 
Like it, this book is filled with push and pull, and I, I love, love it. push and pulls. Yeah. So because cool. it's like, what side do you truly stand on? Mm-hmm. What and would it you character. do? It what would you do in that situation? Would you yeah. have put those girls to death, mm-hmm. or would you have spared them? But then facing the repercussions of what that would mean for the rest of your kingdom. Oh, yeah. yeah, like she. she <laughs> internally screams. We end this chapter and come to the next one with uh, Laura needing help. And one of my favorite side. tropes, the nightmare trope. Yes. Oh, oh and then oh. one of my favorite tropes, which we'll she get gets, into in a She has a seconds. really dramatic nightmare. Very, yeah. very graphic yes. nightmare. Yes. Uh, mm. Like, I'll just read, like, a little snippet of it. Um, Just content warning. Uh, this is a little bit. It's uh, graphic. I think the it cat, is a little the bit cat's graphic. coming to come for us. Um, hey, pancake. So, uh, she is getting tortured, buried alive Ooh. by her sister, while um, Saren is basically pretending to be interrogators from Ithacana. Mm-hmm. Um, she, they're basically shoveling sand over her head, screaming at her to tell the truth and how, like you know, um, and she said, except. It was Mary Lynn who was holding the coals to her feet, not Saren. Sarhina's tears running down her face who tightened the noose around her neck. And it was Lara who was burning. Her hair, her clothes, her eyes, her flesh. She could not breathe. <sighs> that is terrifying. Oh, and then yeah. you realize that the it's not cut, a nightmare. Sand cuts up oxygen. It's yeah. not a nightmare. It's a flashback. flashback. It's, a, it's a memory and it's a flashback. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron. Wakes her up. She shakes her awake, is standing there. You know, she's <laughs> she's really hoping that he's just looking at her body instead yep. of really looking at her moment of weakness, which he is, but then Who did this to you? Oh, so good. My I favorite moment, a moment of silence for the who oh, did this to you trope. Absolutely. In Who Did This to You We Trust. Listen. Moment of silence. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so literally, listen, all I'm going to say is I have 99 problems and 108 of them will be fixed by the Who Did This to You. Oh, trope. yeah. And the fact that he says it twice. Yeah. He says and he it gets twice. progressively more mad each time. I'm yeah. and she kind of just brushes oh. off and is like, "My teachers are strict," and he's like, and he's like "Bitch, I am fucking believing that." What? Yeah. Uh, and then uh. even as he was like reassuring her that nobody would hurt her here, she even like as she's laying down is like, "His words mean shit." She reminded yeah. himself, but like she, no, they don't. She is a little bit comforted mm-hmm. by him. Yeah, because yeah. she's never experienced that before. Yeah. And instead of going back to sleep, she just fucking. She just does some workout and she's like, let me do a hundred pull-ups or something. I know. I wish I could be that athletic. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm having trouble sleeping. Let's do a hundred sit-ups. If I have trouble yes. sleeping, I just lay in the bed staring at the ceiling thinking about my novel for two and a half hours before I fall <laughs> And then you wait. You know, he wakes up in the morning and they mm-hmm. go out because they are going to see Nana. Oh, my word. I love, I love this whole journey. Um, oh. And then it re- she... Aaron reveals that his mother was actually the royal one and yeah. not mm-hmm. and not her father. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so that was a little bit of a revelation for Laura because females can't carry the royal name in Maradrina. Yeah. Like they, they have to be connected to some sort of royal son. Mm-hmm. And for the woman to be the royal one is a definite balance. <laughs> <laughs> Cat just, just jump scared me. 
Oh, man. This is just the episode where Ooh. the cats yeah. make an appearance. Oh, times. and then, you know, as they're getting ready to leave, she admits that she can't swim. Ah! Mm-hmm. And then she is incredibly seasick. Yep. Which, like, she of course she can't swim. Bottom. She grew up in the in desert. desert. In yep. the desert. Mm-hmm. She wasn't allowed to take a bath. She was only allowed to, like, scrub with yeah. a like, tiny bucket of water, you know? Yeah. And then, and then uh, as they get on the boat, she's like, don't throw up. Don't throw up. Don't throw up. Throws up. up. <laughs> and then Jor, Jor even calls it. She's mm-hmm. like, she's gonna puke. Mm-hmm. He says, and then if on cue, Laura's like, oh, yeah. Well, what I like is that nobody, nobody, like, they don't, like, shame her for it. They're like, oh, my gosh, how could you puke? Like, you idiot. Then we're yeah. just like, whatever. Eh, saw that yeah. coming. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then she vomits, and then she falls in the water. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. like, goes, Bleh, and then falls in the Imagine water. Imagine throwing up so hard mm-hmm. that you just do, like, a front flip. Imagine that's falling into, into your, your throw up. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but then she not. again has that flashback to being buried and smothered, and she's mm, like, "Crap, yep. it's water now, though." Yeah. Um. And then somebody pulls her out, <laughs> which is Arin. Uh, and then Arin feels again bad for her, mm-hmm. and was like willing to risk taking, taking her, her into the bridge. the bridge, and he's like, "Just for do it. her comfort." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they. And they uh, end the chapter by getting on that bridge. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they climb up the ladder. Laura climbs up the ladder in chapter 15. She's inside. Now she's blindfolded, but she's Which still, fair. still yeah. even feeling like her terror. Mm-hmm. Um, She tries to make sense of where she is in the bridge. Yeah. She's like trying like to use all her other senses as smartly as she can to try and deduce as much uh, about the bridge as she can. Okay, good move. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they talk a little bit more in detail about how Oren's parents died. So instead of mm-hmm. just saying they drowned in a storm, mm-hmm. he gives a little bit more detail. Yeah, and Jor pushes him to tell the truth. Yeah, hold yeah. on. What's, what's the line? Um, oh, Oren, uh, Jor's voice was chiding from where he walked behind them. Tell it right or don't tell it at all. You owe them that much. Um, and then he says, my mother had been sick for years with a bad heart. She was taken by a fit one night, a bad one, one where she could, wouldn't come back from. Though there was a storm blowing in, my father insisted on taking her to my grandmother on the slim hope that she could help. No one could say for certain, but I was told my mother wasn't even breathing when he loaded her onto the boat and set sail. The storm came in fast, and neither of them were seen again. Yep. My father didn't send her with someone else because he wasn't the sort of man that would put his well, well-being well ahead of another. As to why he risked it all, I suppose it was because he loved my mother enough that the hope of saving her life is worth his own. That's just relationship goals. Yeah. And then Laura is, like, baffled by the fact that somebody would sacrifice themselves, themselves for somebody else. Like, in that sense. So, yeah, like, because yeah. Silas ain't going after his oh, 99th no. wife. He doesn't care. He, yeah. he doesn't give a shit. But, yeah, later on in this book series, again, that parallel comes up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes. And they're walking and walking and walking and walking and walking. And then they finally get to where they're going. Uh, and then Laura realizes that... It isn't just two openings mm-hmm. that happen in the bridge. Like the bridge has many, Several many openings. Ways to get in. And that yeah. and she's trying to gather everything that she can yeah. without being able to see it. Mm-hmm. Um but then we meet Nana, which she was arguably mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters of this oh, yeah. I love um 
I love, like, one of the first things she says is, Finally, Dean, to grace me with your presence, your majesty. And he's like, I only received your note last night, grandmother. I came as soon as I could. Drag your heroes all the way here, I suspect. Either yeah. that or the weight of your own crown is making you sluggish. And then he goes, I don't have a crown, which you well know. And she goes, it was a metaphor, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that uh, uh, that Nana is, is she, is she the father's mother? Or father's mother. Father's mother. Yeah, father's so mother. she's technically a commoner, and she just full on is like, What's him upside the head? Yeah, like she flosses him around so hard, and it's like she's a ruler. Honestly, like Uh, Nana don't give a damn. And then Nana calls Lauren out for puking. Yeah, she's Uh, like, I smelled you from a hundred paces away, girl. Like, sorry. And then again, she kind of bosses Leah around, which again, one of my favorite lines here. You pluck that bird, or pluck and dress that bird, and you too. She jerks her chin towards another pair. Finish picking these and then wash them. And you, she leveled a steady gaze at Leah. There's a basket of laundry that needs scrubbing. See it done before you go. Leah opened her mouth to protest, but Nana beat her to it. What? Too good to scrub the skids from an old woman's drawers. And before you say yes, just remember I wiped your shitty ass more times than I care to count when you were a babe. Be grateful that I can at least do that much for myself. Amen. 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 Like, pop pop off, honey. Pop off. She don't give a single shit, and I love it. And then Laura's, like, nice to her, and she's, like, build for bedding, if not breeding. She basically comments on Laura's uh, physical appearance, like, build for bedding, if not breeding, which I'm certain you've noticed, even if you haven't availed it yourself. And then Arn's like, grandmother, for the love of God, would you just not? (laughs) And Nana's like, no. Anyway, and she even says, mind your tongue, when she's the one who said shitty ass right. before. <laughs> Literally. Grandmother, oh for gosh. the love of God. Oh, yeah, oh, and then she, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, <laughs> she petitions Aaron to leave Laura with her. Oh, yeah. And Laura's like, please, God, no, anything with that. Aaron's like, hell no. And that's the first time uh-huh. she uses the word no to Nana, and even yeah. Nana recognizes it. He Nana's says, like, I wasn't what? giving you a choice, boy. Besides, what have you needed her for? Despite all the practice you've had over the years, you haven't had her on her back once, by my reckoning, and you aren't going to have time oh. for it over the next two months, so she might as well stay here where I can put her to use. Yeah. And then I see he says, no, I didn't bring her to Ithacana to keep her locked up as a prisoner. And I certainly didn't bring her here so that you could keep her locked up as a servant. She's coming with me. Oh. Yeah, he's like, absolutely not. And they storm off. He's like, nope, we're gone. Bye. She yeah. calls him an idealistic fool, just like his mother. Yep. And then he's like, no, after that, nah, man. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I love Aaron. Yep. And then we get back into the bridge. They get back into the bridge. And then another siren goes off. Mm-hmm. It's Seraph. And he is calling for aid on one of the islands that he is commanding. Which we mm-hmm. have not met Seraph face to face yet. Mm-hmm. But he is another war. commander. Which war tides for the first time. Yes, the war tides. And Laura even re- like asks what war tides is like yeah. in her head. But no, but I mean, we'll get the answer to that question a little bit later. Yep. Um, like, who's closest? Um, try sobbing into your pillow. It like, the noise. <laughs> I fucking love that line. Sorry, uh, I just found that random. George's like, we're closest to this, so we gotta go, and we can't leave you here on the bridge. So here we uh, go. We're taking you with you, and we're yep. running for and it. And the whole group broke into a run. And that is where we get to chapter 16, which is unfortunately the end of our podcast for tonight. We will be discussing chapter 16 through 20... what? 
It's uh, 16 through... Uh, 29? 29, yeah. 16 mm-hmm. through 29 next time. Um, and then the final time will be all the way to the end of the Bridge Kingdom book. Yep, so, yep. thoughts so far. I have read this book before. It is one of my five-star reads, as I discussed on the Cool Prince podcast um, that we did, where I revealed that I only gave a couple books five stars. This is one of the books that I have given five stars. What are your thoughts so far? So, so far... The only thing, the only little critique I had is I wish she had gone, she had explained Lara's thought process a little bit more. Oh, yeah, Like, same. I wish the transition between the setup, you know, like, the mm-hmm. exposition where it's like, okay, this is Lara, and she killed her sisters, and then, like, now this is the plan, this is the plan, mm-hmm. like, this is what she's supposed to do, between her actually going and doing it. I kind of wish there was a little bit more of a lead and a little bit more of an explanation rather than... yeah. Boom! Planning! Like, because I kind of was thrown off mm-hmm. and a little bit confused by Lara's thought process because I wanted to know, I wanted a little bit more elaboration on what she was doing and why she was yeah. doing it. I feel like there's not a lot of that. Yeah, at that's all. the only like little critique that I have so far. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I am really enjoying yep. this. Like, yep. I think the characters mm-hmm. are great. One of the things I mentioned that I was going to talk about earlier is uh, the whole push and pull aspect. I am a sucker for character development. Mm-hmm. And push and pull is a really good way oh, to yeah. develop characters. Especially between two main leads. Absolutely. Two romantic main leads. I think the push and pull, especially in this type of enemies to lovers, is magnifique. I think yeah. the only critique I've ever had with this book is the pacing. I think it's yeah. too fast. A little fast. For me. It's a little fast for me as a person. I think there's plenty of good detail, plenty of good pacing. Uh, or not pacing. Plenty of good um, description, conversation, relationship growth. The, it just moves, I think, through the story a little too fast. I think we need to spend a little bit more time, you know, in those three weeks that uh, Laura was ignoring Arn. I think we could have had a little bit more there, you know, just spreading it out maybe a little bit longer. Maybe yeah, but I like the fast-paced element of this book because mm-hmm. I I can't stand it with fantasy books that they just go into broad, like, deep descriptions of stuff that doesn't really even matter in the end. Like, it's different mm-hmm. if it's lore. Yeah, like, well, more, I think I more done I could be. I feel like that's what I'm talking about is more lore more, more and dumb. more backstory, more thoughts into yeah, Laura. Yeah, I feel like she could have flushed out her world. Well, yeah, a it's bit not. More here. It's not like mm-hmm. she's not like describing the bridge and being like, mm-hmm. and it's made with this amount of stone, and it stands mm-hmm. at this feet high, and here is yeah. twelve pages just describing the whole thing of the bridge. <laughs> like, if she were doing that, it'd be like, oh my god, it's can like, we move, move on. on already? <laughs> but. She's not doing that. Like, I like the bridges there and the bridge is described. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a good balance between, like, you know, it's not like, yep, that's the bridge. Mm-hmm. Move on. We're not too talking about it. Yeah. And it's not like the bridge is this and this. And I'm going to list a bunch of details that really do not matter into the story that you're going to forget. And yada, yada, yada. Yeah. My editor should have cut this out. But mm-hmm. it's like a mix. Like, the bridge... You, you get to learn about it, but it's not, like, laid bare mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. yeah, You learn about it piece by piece, which yeah. is, I think, good. But, yeah, that's our thoughts for the first 15 chapters of The Bridge Kingdom. Uh, we will see you guys next week, as Anya said, for mm-hmm. our next couple chapters. Uh, um, you want to do the official outro like you always do? Yeah. Of course. Thank you very much, friends, for listening to Book Club Unhinged. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. If you are curious about where you can find us, we are found wherever podcasts can be found. And do us a favor and follow our 
Instagram, and TikTok at Book Club Unhinged, all lowercase, all one word. We will be posting content on our TikTok coming up soon. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you'd like to get to know a little bit more about us and also uh, have a reading guide up and check mm-hmm. the next books that we are going to be doing for book club, yep. please take a look at our social medias. Mm-hmm. Instagram, we have posted the reading guide. TikTok, we have posted more fun, like get to know you videos and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Uh, we've also determined that how we are going to be picking our book club books is that we will each be putting a suggestion in and then letting one of our animals pick it. <laughs> like yeah. whatever, whatever, you know, paper gets touched by the animal first. That is what book we're going to be yes, getting. So we'll yeah. definitely be putting those videos up on TikTok whenever mm-hmm. we have a decision to make. And yep. there will probably be other ways that we try and do that because we do not have a lot of animals, mm-hmm. but we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. And also shout out to Neville, who is the dog of Anya for mm-hmm. picking this read. Yes. This I'm still bitter he didn't pick my read, but it's fine. <laughs> yes. And, so, uh, yeah. Um, what was the one thing I was going to say? Jesus. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this re-recording of the Bridge Kingdom episode one because our last yeah. file got corrupted. Uh, pray to God that that doesn't happen again because mm-hmm. we are supposed to have this uploaded by Thursday. And, and we're and tired. Yeah. We are exhausted. So we will see you next week and uh, have a good one, guys. Good night. Bye. Bye.